Hey, hello, peeps. Those of you who have been listening since we started in September 2023 with Good Omens will notice a marked difference in the quality of our recording for Buffy Season 1. This is because Season 1 was our practice podcast. Neither of us had done a podcast before. It took us pretty much the whole season to figure out what we were doing, and that included having the proper settings on the microphone, Tori. Mo tried their best to correct what they could during the editing process, but there was only so much that could be done. One more thing... We changed the name of the podcast after we recorded Buffy Season 1. After the introduction, you will hear us refer to the podcast as Shallow Dive instead of Wallowing in the Shallows. We hope it doesn't cause too much confusion. And now... Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1 rewatch. Hello, this is Tori. And this is Rebecca. Welcome back, peeps. Welcome back. And I just want to clarify an item or follow up on an item from last episode regarding the, remember how we were talking about the, when somebody died, the last image being stored like in their cornea or something, which is fictitious, but we had both thought we saw it somewhere. And I thought I had mentioned Manhunter, which is an early one of the Silence of the Lambs movie. Right. This is not correct. In Red Dragon, another one in that series, the killer puts puts mirrors in the people's eyes, but that is a very different thing. Yeah. But the, the term is called optography. And what we probably both did see it in was Fringe, Fringe. the television show Fringe. Yes. Okay. Yes. I really enjoyed that show. Yeah, me too. It is a very cool show. So if somebody wants to check that out, I believe it was season one, episode two. It is also, I think I recognized it from this as well, Caleb Carr's Alienist, that book. Oh yeah, I read that. Yeah, real cool book, and uh, optography shows up in that as well. So just wanted to not leave our listeners hanging and close that loop. Yeah, I thought I heard some clamoring for that information. Yeah, the the lines were <laughs> ringing off the hook. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was being a little cheeky. No, cheeky. That, we're, we're all about, we're all about cheeky. <laughs> All right, so what we got? See, we're up uh, to episode five now, right? Correct. Never kill a boy on the first date. So I'll go ahead and give a little summary of this episode. Right on. Giles is critical about Buffy's slaying technique. Buffy tries to date the brooding, intelligent, yet somehow still dull-witted Owen, but finds her vampire slaying duties get in the way. The master has another chance to escape his underground prison by fulfilling a prophecy. It appears Buffy foils the plan, but we find out in the final scene the master has his man, or in this case, his boy. That creepy boy. 
Creepy boy. Big omen vibes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, let's just call him Damien. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of the anointed one, we'll just refer to him as Damien. <laughs> So I was looking so, I was listening so carefully in this episode. You told me there was a very iconic quote in this episode. I don't know if I have hit upon it or not. We will see if, as I go through the quotes that I collected, Okay, but I thought one that was possible (laughs) was very early in the beginning when she said, I'm Buffy, your history. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's not it. Okay. But that's one of her many vampire quips, right? She's always got these, what are supposed to be little punny things that right before she stakes vampires. She doesn't do it every time, but she does it frequently enough. But that is not the... uh, Okay. Phrase I was thinking okay. of. Well, please, by the end of the episode, let's make sure and revisit. If none of the quotes I've mentioned, then I want to make sure I, I hear what, or if it just comes along as we're going, uh, I want to know which one is the iconic phrase. Okay. Oh, I'll make sure you know it. Okay. 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 No problem there. No problem. You know, I was wondering with that ring... Why it's a, why is it always a ring? Some mystical ring. Why can't it be mystical charm bracelet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, even maybe, maybe even make it a toe ring, which would make it. Or what about the mystical navel piercing? <laughs> <laughs> always just a ring. Somebody ought to come up with something different one of these days. Yes. Yes. But now I do like this episode. What did you think about it? Oh, I did enjoy it. I I really did enjoy it. And I so wanted to really like Owen. And there were parts <laughs> of him that I really, then other times I was like, dude. And the ending was very disappointing with Owen, with, yes. with who, who he turned out to, to be. Yeah. And I really wanted to ship him with Willow because I was like, Willow's the really smart one. She's the one you should be with. But then I was like, no, no, you don't deserve Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody deserve Willow? I don't know. But I don't know. It might have been easier to, you know, accept Owen if he didn't look like a 30-year-old man most of the time. <laughs> Especially when they were out on their date and he had on that suit jacket <laughs> I'm like, dude, you look like you're 30 years old. (laughs) But I suppose uh, that's just the nature of the acting business. They often have people in their 20s trying to pass as high school students. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I was really impressed with, I have to say, this isn't about Owen, but when they're in the master's lair, you know, early on, you know, you gotta hand it to the master he's got some diversity in his minions i love that you are pointing this out yeah i'm like hey master's on it (laughs) also uh giles is not the only one with musty dusty books when that book plunked down in that same scene i was like oh we're in the library with giles and no it was the master's tome yes did that place look like a collapsed church to you interesting master's lair and i think it was because some of the the ruined architectural pieces behind it looked very gothic 
Sure, sure. But of course, hard on my thought of that, I was like, well, wouldn't that be problematic? Because aren't vampires not supposed to be able to go into holy places? Right, right. Maybe it was desecrated in some way. Yeah, deconsecrated, perhaps, because otherwise, how could he live in there? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Interesting. I'll have to take a closer look. I don't think all churches have the pool of blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think he's made, you know, a few uh, modifications. Upgrades. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Making it a lovely abode for the vampires. Yes. Yes. And it's so interesting that though the master is completely sequestered in there, his minions can just come and go. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense, but... Tough to track. I suppose it's just one of those things we have to accept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something about, you know, maybe it's the master's age or something, and they can't push through the invisible barrier. <laughs> or he has a particular curse that is just inflicted upon him. That could be. Although, well, no, I'm not going to say it. Because we do okay. find out how he gets trapped down there. Oh, later okay. in season. Oh, so okay, okay, we'll we'll keep that under wraps then. <laughs> Moving on to the scene in the library, I loved this whole Emily Dickinson piece mm. and how Giles said she's pretty good for, and Buffy jumps in a woman, and then he says an american <laughs> <laughs> i did note that and well, being a little bit snooty about british poetry myself i was i i kind of appreciated that little uh, that little jab i was just in my head going colonial much yes yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but I, I mean i don't know a lot of poetry i've never really been into it although i really like mary oliver so I don't know a lot of British poetry, but I think that's, he's just kind of representing how a lot of, how I assume many people in Britain have often thought about Americans. <laughs> well, and frankly, Britain's had more time. Right. So there's that. Well, and I suppose if you hail from the, the land of Shakespeare, you have a, a right to be a little <laughs> snooty about your literature and poetry. Right. Right, right. I think there's at least some grounds for the bias. But I loved how it wasn't because she was a woman. It was because <laughs> she was an American. Yeah, Giles was really on it this episode with his remarks. I mean, when Owen comes in, he's like, what do you want? <laughs> and Buffy's like, this is a library. It has books and students need books. But he's just yes. like, what do you want? <laughs> yes yes you might as well have just said what the hell are you doing here right right with that this poem. is my this is my this is my area yeah students, students not allowed in the library yes it almost reminded me oh maybe we haven't gotten to that episode yet we haven't i'll shut up okay i was, I was about to get a big spoiler Whoa. oh my gosh i gotta watch those yeah for sure we did well it's not the iconic line that i was thinking of i did forget that in this episode giles says something that he says over and over and over throughout the series which is basically i must consult my books kind of thing yes and so that becomes a big phrase i mean he 
sometimes it's not exactly i must consult my books but something something along his books yeah and so mm-hmm. that kind of becomes a running um i don't know if it's a joke but a running comment throughout the series but that's not the one okay okay we're on we're on iconic quote watch Yes, yes. I know that the quote you're referring to is not this next one that I did not like was in the episode. I didn't like Buffy even saying it when she said, does this outfit make me look fat? Yeah. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Buffy, no, no, no. I think it's pretty, I mean, one of the notes I wrote down later, I was like, you know, Buffy's such a teenager in this episode. And I think that's one of those comments that really is in line with that kind of overall thing. I mean, she's really like the 16-year-old girl. And I, I know think, you're right. Yeah. I know you're right. I just didn't need it in there. I didn't have quite the negative reaction to that that you seem to have had. Mm-hmm. And probably because I've said it many, many times in my life particularly during my party days when i was uber concerned about how i looked when i went out we should never have to feel like we need to say that <laughs> no i agree i agree but it didn't you know when i like i said it didn't just strike me like that at yes. the time so uh, you're absolutely right it is something that has been you know it, it's not out of line for a 16 year old girl to say, but I still didn't like to hear it. <laughs> I think there's probably, unfortunately, too many women that say that to themselves. 100%. Even as, they, even as they age. I mean, it's just something that's kind of inculcated into to women's psyche. Absolutely. It's a societal problem. For sure. That ridiculous standard of beauty. Precisely. Of being twiggy thin precisely okay we can get off my soapbox and move on to the was was there anything else in the giles buffy library scene you wanted to cover no we covered it okay this scene in the lunchroom where (laughs) how did the lane go where 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 yes yes no i don't mean that Where Cordelia gives Buffy the hip, the the very obvious hip check. Oh, yeah. Didn't you catch, I needed to do a little additional research on this. Did you catch how they were talking about something green that was on the plate that looked kind of nasty? And then Owen said, at least you don't have to eat your Soylent green. Did you catch that line? I did. And do you know to what it refers? Oh, what is it? It's on the, go ahead. I can't come up with it right off the top of my head. So I listened to it like four times. It was like, mm-hmm. what is he saying? And I looked at the subtitles and I was like, Soylent Green, is that yeah. a typo? What? And so I Googled it and it mm-hmm. is not a typo. Well, it is. I knew it was, I know it's a movie. I just don't, I'm not sure I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it either, but it's the 1973 movie of the name Soylent Green. Mm -hmm. And Soylent Green is a substance used to feed an overpopulated New York City in 
the year 2022. Which I thought was crazy, right? So movie made in 1973, but set in a year ago. So I'm kind of interested in seeing this movie. Charlton Heston stars. And at least according to the page I saw on the internet, it is considered one of the best and most famous surprise endings ever. Really? We should watch that. Agreed. Because I know I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I could not remember having heard of it. But I think it would be interesting to see. I actually watched a trailer for it on YouTube mm-hmm. right before recording. <laughs> and it it's definitely good? an old movie. It's a it's a year older than I am, but I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested. So I'll let you know if I can find it somewhere. Oh, it's gotta be somewhere. Yes. So I just wanted to, I know that was a bit of a deep dive, but it was just, I I really wanted to know what that reference was. And it was kind of an interesting reference. Yes. I like dystopian-y stuff. Yeah, for sure. And just so cool that it is set like in present day times, right? It's going to be funny to kind of see what 1973 thought 2022 was going to look like. Yeah. It is. What other movie? Oh, no. The Dark Angel tv series with jessica alba mm-hmm. and i was set here in seattle in a dystopian future which we've already kind of passed wow <laughs> so, so it's kind of funny how people thought the apocalyptic stuff was going to happen earlier than it has mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i mean look at orwell 1984 <laughs> exactly i was just thinking the same thing <laughs> I caught your brain waves over the. You did. I was shooting them in your general direction. <laughs> Another reference. Sorry, this might go back a bit when they were talking about the Aurelius Society or the Aurelius. Right. The brother, whatever. brethren of Aurelius. I definitely had remembered Marcus Aurelius, right. but I wanted to look him up. And yeah. he was a Roman emperor that was really beloved by his people. Mm-hmm. You know what? A, one of the things he's known for is he held the empire together through the Roman Empire's first true pandemic. Oh, really? Isn't that timely info? <laughs> it is. I did not know that about him at all. No, I kind of remembered that he was well liked. Right. But I did not know the pandemic factoid. Well, wasn't Marcus Aurelius the emperor in Gladiator that was killed by his son? Oh, Um, or was, I think he's, that character's in Gladiator. Who's playing him? Did you, you saw that movie, didn't you? I did see Gladiator, but I'm not going to know that level of detail. That wasn't, who played Marcus Aurelius. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember if he was kind of a good guy in the movie or a bad guy? Well, if if he's a character I'm thinking of, then he wasn't in it very long. And he was a good guy. Okay. Yeah. That would track. Marcus Aurelius was played by Richard Harris. Okay. And so he, he's only in the movie right at the beginning. And Joaquin Phoenix, you know, plays his son. Oh, okay. He kills his father. I wonder if that's historically accurate. Yeah, that I don't know. Well, if we ever do Gladiator, we could take that quasi deep dive. Yeah, yeah. So, was there anything else like about him that would make you like make a connection to a vampire brotherhood? (laughs) 
It did not. And that's where I stopped looking because he seemed like this good guy who'd done, I mean, you know, I'm sure he was a complicated man, but done good things for the empire. And I'm not really sure why the order of Aurelius would be this nefarious type uh, society. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But I thought the pandemic guidance was an interesting connection. Yeah, that is for sure. Nice catch. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, that's what we're known for here on Shallow Dive. Just a little bit of digging. Just an internet search or two. Maybe up to the knees. There you go. A a wade. A lovely wade. There we go. (laughs) So where do you want to head next? Well, I, I was just looking at my notes here. And I like this whole episode fails the Bechdel test in a major way which I know I've mentioned to you before. And that's about, can two female characters have a conversation that isn't about men? (laughs) Right. And of course, I mean, this whole episode fails that. Yes. But I did like, one of my favorite lines was Buffy. when, And I think they're in the library. And she's like, says to Giles, okay, at this point you're abusing sarcasm. Yes, I loved that. I didn't write it down, but that was a good line. (laughs) Yeah, this one, I think this episode has several really good lines. Agreed. It's also about the point where I was like, man, Buffy is such a teenager in this episode. Yes. Because sometimes it's easy to forget, right? Because she's the slayer. Yes. And she's got responsibilities. She does. Big responsibilities. Yeah. I have a question for you. How many people do you think were on the bus, you know, where the preacher guy is and i called him the preacher guy but he's not a preacher guy he's the person that you kind of think is the chosen one Mm -hmm. and we first see him on the bus how many passengers do you think are on that bus at least five because right there's the prophecy right i went back to this scene there is the bus driver yeah. There is the woman behind the bus driver. Yes. There is the devil child and his mother. Yes. And there is who I'm calling the preacher guy. So that's five. A five, right? But do you think the child is considered one of the five, the ashes of the five? Or shouldn't there be five others? From which he rises from their ashes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I guess I never, maybe the ashes, didn't the bus burn? Maybe those are the ashes. And it's not well, actually. And it's interesting the that the five. It's interesting that the preacher man actually goes in the crematorium at the end. Yeah. And he is total ashes. But here's, okay, so in the news story, in the news story that Giles takes to Buffy, the story says five dead people it killed in this bus crash. Right. So did the boy rise? Is the boy a vampire? Is the boy a vampire boy? I, I just... Was he ever in the morgue? Who are the five? I uh, My brain is <laughs> turning in circles in this because I just didn't, I, I assumed that 
they, at the end, we didn't know this at the time, that they had taken the boy from the bus and took him to the master. But then who were the five people that were killed in the bus crash? These are the questions I have, but I don't know that there are answers, but I just wanted to put it to you. Yes, there are answers. And no, I'm not going to give them to you. Oh, okay. So okay. some of the, not all of them are answered, but some of them will be answered eventually. Okay. So this child is, we're going to see him again and we yes. might find out more. Okay. I can accept that answer. That is, that is fine. Yes. Damien returns. Damien indeed. <laughs> um, What? teenage boy or perhaps 30 year old man even <laughs> is carrying a pocket watch yeah yes that's was weird unusual i think i preferred xander's tweety bird watch myself <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys read i can read <laughs> and i mean it was it was kind of condescending when he's like and I mean, maybe he was just trying to be funny. I'm sure that was it when he tells Buffy like, oh, seven o'clock is when the little hand is here and uh -huh. the big hand is there. I'm like, come on. I Yeah. I would want to smack a guy. It bordered on that for me. I would not, you know, commit physical violence against another human being. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't have the desire to. I'm like, don't I... condescend to me like that. Yes, I am far from defending Owen here, but <laughs> Buffy did set herself up for it, saying, I lost my watch. We don't even have a clock in the house. I didn't even know what day it was. That you girl know. needs to, I mean, maybe she can think fast when she's in Slayer mode. She needs to learn how to come up with stuff that's a little more believable on the fly. Yes, yes. Agreed. Agreed. She's a smart girl. And yeah. just like you say, she uses incredibly quick thinking in many occasions. But, I mean, she is a little tongue-tied around Owen. I guess yeah. I need to give a little bit of credence to that. Yeah. She really is digging this guy. She is. But she, and again, this is another example of how young she is in season one. You know, when she gets to the bronze after... She and Giles have the no-show vampires. Yes. She and Owen is dancing with Cordelia. I mean, it is so obvious. So obvious he is not into this and Cordelia yeah. is just pawing him. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Cordelia, come on, girl. Have some self-respect. Respect. He's not interested. But Buffy needs to learn how to read men, yes. which is ironic coming from me. Because I'm so no. good at it. <laughs> I but even I can tell. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> well, I've told you the uh, the bar story, right? And well, that is. Playing pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm clueless. But anyways, yeah. I mean, even I could tell that Owen looked as interested in Cordelia as I am in mushrooms. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is not at all, not dear at all. listener. Yeah, not at all. Uh, funny little, funny little exchange with the master. Uh-huh. Did you catch the part when he was talking to one of his minions and he sort of flicked his hand near 
the person's ear. It looked exactly like that trick when someone pulls a quarter from behind your ear. <laughs> and he said, that. and he said, bug, but it was just so weird. I was like, I, was, I, I thought he was gonna say, and here's a quarter, you know, <laughs> it was bizarre. I watched it twice. Cause I was like, what did he just, what did he just do? I did not notice that at all. I mean, I know okay, what well, you're talking was, about, but I didn't interpret it that way. Yeah, it was it was weird. I from that scene, I got I was thinking that the master really does like to monologue quite a bit. Oh God, yes, <laughs> you are correct. I did. My next note after that is actually about Xander. Proceed when he and Willow are with Buffy up in her bedroom. And she's yes. trying to pick out an outfit for her date with Owen. And I thought, well, he was being kind of skeezy, you know, try, when she was changing and he's trying to look in the little mirror in her jewelry box. <gasps> wow, he was really being skeezy. You just broke open a mystery for me. I didn't know what he was doing with the jewelry box. I was oh. like, did he take the pocket watch? And that was never that was never a thing later. I thought maybe he had grabbed something out of the mirror, out of the jewelry box. But that makes so much more sense. I'm really glad you said that because I was confused about what he was doing with the jewelry box. Skeevy is right. Yeah. Don't be creepy. All when the more creepy now that you've explained the jewelry box situation to me. I just, I didn't like that. I never, I've never really liked that particular part of it. Yeah. I mean, I understand that maybe is, I don't, I hate the word normal, but I mean, it's something somebody might do, but you know, this is supposed to be your friend. Yeah. And you're yeah. trying to do this. That's really bad. Gross. It's gross. It's gross. Okay, so I'd like to leave Xander and his creepy business in the bedroom and <laughs> jump to Owen when he shows up for the date and Giles is there. Yes. And they're, they've got this cover story about Giles coming to exact late fines. <laughs> and Owen says, man, you really care about your work. <laughs> Yeah. Naivety or stupidity. I'm not sure which that Owen, is. Owen, I'm so torn between because sometimes I thought he was just so cool because literature and this stuff. And then other times I was like, you dullard. <laughs> oh, dullard is a good word. And then another line, you can say whatever you want about this scene, but another line was Xander saying, He's like a super librarian <laughs> saying that he'd be fine about knowledge being power, the ultimate power. <laughs> super librarian. There's a whole comic strip right there. Yes. I will teach you all about information literacy. <laughs> Here's my magic cape. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that scene is just kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Xander is trying to tell Owen she doesn't like to be touched, she doesn't like to dance, she doesn't like to be kissed. Yeah. Just trying to sabotage this whole thing. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, Owen really doesn't seem to listen. 
Yeah. I mean, this gets back to my whole problem with Xander this whole episode. He's such a douche. Mm -hmm. 100%. Such a douche. Anything else about that scene that cut your... Nothing. I'm ready to move on. Oh, we can't move on. Oh, no. What is the line? (laughs) What is the line? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. Oh, my gosh. Missed it. Or, you know, I know I remember hearing it, but I did not write it down. I'm going to write it down right now. If the apocalypse comes, beat me. Beat Beat me. me. Yeah, with her beeper. And I mean, it's not like they use it a lot in the show, but it's something that fans really picked up on. Oh, gosh. I missed it. I was really keeping an ear out, but I missed it. Oh, well. Thank you. Thank you for pointing it out. And I I have jotted it down for the record. (laughs) Well, I mean, good on you for picking up that you missed it just from me saying, was there anything else? (laughs) 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 Oh, I knew. Yeah. As soon as you started, I was like, oh, dear. There here it is. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Moving on to the bronze. Yeah. Uh, I was suddenly reminded of crimped hair. Of what? Crimped hair. Oh, crimped hair. Yes, I noted Cordelia's crimped hair as well. Oh my gosh. I had not thought about crimped hair in decades. I crimped my hair in the 80s. Everybody did. And it was huge, man. It was like <laughs> massive. But um, but yeah, I was like, oh, Cordelia, what a throwback with that hair. Mm-hmm. I knew, I mean, I knew it was a thing in the 80s, but was it a thing in the 90s as well? I, or was she just being I a throwback? Don't, I don't, maybe early 90s, maybe early 90s. But by the time this show is going, I think it had fallen away for the most part, but apparently not. Yeah. I was surprised and had kind of forgotten about her crimped hair, but I was like, wow. But I mean, the music couldn't have been any more nineties that was playing in the bronze that night. That's fair. So, I mean, I, I do like that song uh, yeah. by Velvet Chain. Nice. And it's called Strong. So, but yeah, I've always, I really like that song. Okay. So what kind of vehicle exactly is giles driving did he bring that car over with him from london because i don't think they sell or have ever sold cars like that in the state what is it like a citroen or something yeah a citrion i believe is what it is okay yeah i don't think any self-respecting if giles is gonna diss americans i'm gonna diss the brits right now I don't think any self-respecting American would have driven or bought that car. (laughs) No way. No way. And he has that for many, many seasons. I bet so. It just seemed so Giles. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure they could have found a car that was more Giles than that Mm -hmm. car. Mm -hmm. It's fair. It's fair. That's really, I mean, he he gets cornered by the vampires. I don't have anything else to say about that scene, but if you do. I'm sorry, say that again? 
I just, do you have anything else to say about the scene with Giles getting cornered by the vampires? And I I was just going to go back to the bronze, but if you've got something else to say about Giles's little short adventure. (laughs) No, I don't. Okay. So we can go back to the bronze. Oh my gosh. The whole Buffy Owen angel love triangle was (laughs) hysterical. So a couple of things. First, Cordelia's reaction when she (laughs) sees Angel. Yes. Hello, salty goodness. Pick up the phone, call 911. That boy is going to need some serious oxygen after I'm through with him. You got to admire her confidence. Love it. I do. I I am really beginning to appreciate why you like Cordelia so much. She is <laughs> she is definitely growing on me and her lines are fantastic. Yes, yeah. And Angel looks so put well, maybe not so. At least a little put out by this whole Owen and Buffy thing. Mhm. Yeah. And <laughs> and when Buffy and Owen are having the conversation, you know, the foreground is the two of them talking. The entire time, Angel is looking right at them, listening to their entire conversation, just right in the background. The the cinematic, how they are, the blocking of that yes. scene was just hysterical to me. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, kind of laying more of the foundation for the Buffy. Well, I don't think this will be a spoiler, but the Buffy and Angel relationship to come. Right. So, yeah, I I enjoy that seen a lot i like when like when cordelia's first trying to butt in on buffy and owen dancing and he's like i'm here with buffy and she's just like keeps going on and he's like no i'm still here with buffy that was good owen's (laughs) owen had his moments he did he did he was just a little bit of a limp noodle yes yes a 30 year old lip noodle exactly exactly And I think like when he, you know, when we get back to the mausoleum and they're in the morgue room. Yes. And he gets thrown around. I mean, maybe it was the stunt double. I don't know, but he looked really old in that scene. (laughs) I mean, even older than he did in the other scenes. It's like, dude, now you're really looking in your thirties. And I know it was at, at the point I was thinking that it definitely wasn't his stunt double. It was because I could see his face. Yes. But I don't know. But yeah, he was just a little bit of a of a, a limp noodle. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad I'm glad Buffy doesn't end up with him. Yeah. Speaking of poor choices. <laughs> Giles. Giles, what are you doing of all of these empty refrigerated spots for corpses? Mm-hmm. He chooses one with a body in it (laughs) yeah especially when very soon afterwards right we see giles and buffy looking in all the drawers and there's nothing in there there's nothing in them it was it was i mean i know they were doing it for a fact but well and the one had i I take it back the one did have parts right right (laughs) that was that was very that was very funny to me it was odd it It was (laughs) It was, it was odd. (laughs) Oh, Owen, Owen. I can't remember what this is in 
reference to, but I I called I called Owen sweet summer child Owen. <laughs> and then and then when Buffy was like, You killed my boyfriend, I was like, is Owen seriously dead? Do we have another dead teenager on our hands? But no, no, he's he was just he just was clearly concussed. They should have been taking him to a hospital. Yeah. Any head injury, especially if you lose consciousness, public service announcement, go to the hospital. You got to get that checked out. Yeah. If if that was the case, I mean, they'd be in the hospital, taking Giles to the hospital a lot. <laughs> Fair. Throughout the series. Fair. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the whole fight scene was a little bit anticlimactic why the oh yeah i'll just make sure owen gets home now xander's trying to play a different part all of a sudden right like oh, i'll make sure he gets home okay after mm-hmm. being a skis all all episode now he wants to be the good guy mm-hmm. oh i'm just as you can tell i'm not too pleased with xander in this yes. episode Xander will not be earning any gold golden stake awards this episode. That's for that, sure. That is true. And you know, the other thing I'm not too pleased about in this episode is that damn choker that Willow was wearing over the turtleneck sweater in the next scene when they're Oh my gosh. Missed it. I was like, was that a thing? I mean I mean, and it was like, right, you know how the turtleneck folds down? I mean, the choker was like right at the bottom of the fold. I'm like, that was a bad wardrobe choice. Mm. I don't even know why that caught my eye, but it did. And then I unsee it. It certainly did. It certainly did. I missed it completely. We did skip over, and I'm one of the scenes in the morgue, when Owen and Xander and Willow are watching the preacher guy. Yes what was up with the pork and beans pork and beans oh my gosh so i wrote that down and i thought well maybe maybe that's silly to mention i completely agree i have my note is exactly in quotes pork and beans question mark question mark question mark preacher man (laughs) yeah i was like well is that some kind of you know movie reference like some horror movie reference or something that i don't know about but I couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. I don't know what the writer was smoking at the time. What weird phrase can we have this vampire say to show that he really is a crazy guy? Yeah, dear listener, if you know what pork and beans is re- in reference to, let us know. I mean, because my only explanation is the writer had just finished eating it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll just have him talk about pork and beans. But yeah, I mean, maybe uh... there's something out there I couldn't find it yeah i inquiring minds would like to know yeah it was just a odd thing it's not the last time they're going to do something odd with food <laughs> a food reference okay okay yeah anything else about the whole climax of the 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 show with the whole morgue scene morgue scenes and the demise of the preacher man <laughs> no that was fine it was just the working beans thing yeah yeah well i'm glad you brought that up because i had noted it as well (laughs) so we discover this touches a little bit on something we were talking about last time we learn that the watcher role appears to be passed down in the family yeah that's the first kind of explanation about 
watchers that we get, which I found really fascinating. And remember how I think it was last episode or the episode before I asked if maybe Joyce was somehow not a vampire slayer, but somehow her line might have led to Buffy in some way. And it's just kind of interesting that the slayer is perhaps not handed down, but the watcher is. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, you know, we were talking about, did Buffy get something from Joyce genetically Mm -hmm. speaking? I mean, there still has to be something right. That triggers them as the, as the slayer. Yeah. But yeah, it is interesting though, that the watchers is a, a cultural hereditary thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We get to learn a lot more about Giles as the series goes on. Okay. And it's so fun. But he's just a great character. I liked that scene with him and Buffy at the end. It was quite touching. And I think it really sets up the tone of their relationship, right? He's really going to take on the role of the father figure. And nice that comes through quite clearly in that end scene. Yes. Where it, it we open the show with him being critical right. of her and in this it's not the last scene but the last scene with them in it he's complimenting her that's what i meant last scene with them in it yeah as i was saying it i was like oh great well there's still a master scene after that that's right that's right our little teaser with the devil boy damien you know who else the boy reminded me of no have you ever seen the film identity no oh my gosh another one that i own this one you absolutely must see. John Cusack is in it. Oh, I love John Cusack. Okay. I'm not going to say anymore. Just that the boy reminds me of a boy in Identity. But I don't want to, I was going to say more about Identity, but I think, I think you need to see this movie ASAP. It's not, but it's not that same actor. No, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say anything else. Okay. Just that you need to see the movie Identity. I hope it still holds up. But if it's got John, if it's got John Cusack, you'll like it. And you know, oh, yeah. you'll like just seeing him. But I wouldn't mind seeing it again as well. Maybe we should watch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm not going to say any more about Identity, but perhaps we will revisit it at a later episode. Yeah. But that was my last note for this episode. All right. Well, I guess we're up to the last thing we need to do here. Yes. Golden Stake Award. The Golden Stake Award, indeed. (laughs) Would you like to start? Do you have yours in mind? I do have mine in mind. Okay, go ahead. I don't think it's going to be a surprise. It's Giles. (laughs) Nice. I just think, yeah, I I just like how his character is portrayed this time you can see his kind of frustration with the teenagery part of Buffy but I just love at the end right where you know he really is you can tell going to be this father figure for Buffy so I don't yeah he's my guy he's the golden stake this uh this episode I would be very tempted to award Giles my golden stake award as well but in for the sake of diversity I am going to give mine to Buffy 
This is my first one to Buffy, I believe, because of her growing in this episode, right? I don't know if this is one of the stages of the heroine that, Mm. that you've talked to before, but she wanted to just be a teenager, wanted to do this thing. And by the end, she realizes she can't because of the nature of the work and that it not only would she be distracted but it actually can endanger the person owen in this case so who cares but yeah so i i think she she developed some maturity toward her slayer persona in this episode which Growing, it can be painful. And I believe it was very painful for her in this. So so for that, she earns my Golden Stake Award for today. I'm down with that. Cool. Good explanation. Well, thank you. Back All right. You. So that's season, or episode five. The next episode will get us to the halfway point of season one. Wow. It's halfway there. Season. Yep. Okay. And the next one is called The Pack. so until then bye all thanks for listening following in the shallows is created and produced by the both of us edited by mo the soundtrack for the wallowing in the shallows buffy the vampire slayer season one rewatch is Apache Rock Instrumental by Sound Atelier, available on gmendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe. <laughs>